Welcome to Inspire Campfire, a podcast where ordinary people tell their stories of extraordinary adventure. These are campfire stories meant to inspire the rest of us to light the fire within, get outside, follow our dreams, and return to tell our own stories. Ready? Let's strike the match. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Scott Wurzbacher, and today we are going to be talking to someone with an incredible vision of unity. Our guest is Earl B. Hunter, and he is the founder of Black Folks Camp 2 with the mission to inspire more Black folks to become active camping enthusiasts. The belief is that through enjoyment of the outdoors, we can break down barriers to create more inclusive communities and stronger relationships. This is a mission that resonates deeply with me on this podcast. Earl was a high-flying executive in global sales career when he first went camping in Western North Carolina, and everything changed from there. Earl, welcome to the campfire, my friend. Right on. Listen, I got to tell you, first of all, this has been extraordinary. I, uh, the conversation we had before, you know, before the call is always, uh, when you get on, when you get in these, um, these, these podcasts and things of that nature, I always like to have that conversation with the host before. And then once I'm started having the conversation, I'm ready to jump in. So I'm really ready and excited to be here. And I want to thank you so much for, uh, for allowing me to be here and looking forward to telling the story, uh, the stories of all the stories I have to talk about. And then also to uh, get your audience uh, on board so we can actually create more unity in the outdoors. Yeah, Earl, thank you so much. And I, I agree. Like I, we, we started this conversation and we're like, hey, hit record, hit record. Let's go. A conversation right was, was already going. So, yeah. So so you're this high flying corporate executive in sales and, uh, and, and you go camping and everything changes. Let's just dive right in. What happened? Well, you know, I always tell folks I was before I got into the industry, before I got into camping at all. I was a Gucci, Louis Vuitton wearing, sports car driving, private plane flying, a towel suit, uh, tailored uh, executive uh, traveling to Asia, uh, particularly China, Vietnam, of course, South America, North America, Central America, and actually just doing a lot of deals, importing and exporting. And I had no idea about camping. I didn't want to go camping. There are reasons why I didn't go camping. There are reasons why I didn't go hiking or didn't go in the outdoors. And so, um, I had an opportunity to go to leave the post in regards to where I was as the uh, vice president of sales at a company, uh, the international sourcing company, to come into the industry of the outdoor industry. And I worked for a company that had a, uh, uh, an op- they, they, they made this amazing pop-up camper. It was lightweight. It was cool. It was amazing. It was all those things. Yeah. So I got an opportunity to, to, to come on board as one of the executives in this company. And my job was to drive the business. My job was to make sure that folks understood uh, that the camper was something amazing. And I wanted all the dealers in the RV industry to figure all that out. Well, the thing is, I had never been camping a day in my life, right? (laughs) But I saw a cool product. Yeah. And so, you know, I actually had the opportunity to take this company from $815,000 to $17.5 million in about four years in revenue. And so that was the journey in which I started in the outdoor industry, right? And so for me, it led to the lifestyle. And when it led to the lifestyle is when I started to really feel the need 
to go out and to help remove fear, add knowledge, and invite more black folks to camp and enjoy the outdoor lifestyle with any and everyone. And if you're wondering what who any and everyone is, I always tell folks just to pick up a mirror uh, because our job is to, to not only do that, but to radiate the campfire within our logo to make sure the folks understand that the campfire is where we all gonna come together. And we believe that uh, we're gonna we're gonna find out we have more sames than we have differences around that campfire. Your race, your age, or your gender does not matter. Uh, the campfire, we all have something to say. And so that's kind of the start of this beautiful uh, saga of uh, Black Folks Camp 2 and the, uh, of course, the Unity Blaze. Man, I, I, I got chills right now. I got to tell you, I just, I mean, we're, we're, the, we're trying to spread the same message here in this podcast is just to get people outside and, and right. find out what happens when you do. So you went camping for the first time with your son. Tell us, tell us what happened. Well, well, actually I went camping. I, I've gone camping several times without my son uh, in regards to me enjoying camping myself. Yeah. I was in the, 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 I worked for this company for almost four years at the time before I started Black Folks Camp 2. Uh, I was a, I was one of the only black executives in the RV industry, which is a hundred and fourteen billion dollar industry. I had an opportunity to drive from um, North Carolina to Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia to British Columbia, British Columbia to San Diego, San Diego to Miami, and all in between. And my job was to drive to these dealerships, RV dealerships, and sell them this amazing camper. Mm -hmm. Well. Uh, after four years, I had driven almost 400,000 miles around North America selling in this camper. Yeah. And so while doing that, uh, I spent a lot of time away from my family. I have a um, wife and two children. I have a son and a daughter. And at the time, my son was seven years old and he uh, he challenged me. In January 2017, he said to me, Dad, you uh, you always tell me to talk that talk and walk that walk. Well, you say you're going to take me to Mount Rushmore. And uh, you haven't taken me yet. And so I, it really resonated with me that my son was calling me out. He was seven years old. And so summer of 2017, I had already told my son, We're, I'm, the day you get out of school, the moment you get out of school, son, your dad, we're going we're gonna to get in the truck and we're going to drive around. The, we're going to drive to Mount Rushmore. I love it. But what my son did not know is that he was also going to go on a work journey with me as well, because I was actually going to see RV dealers as I was selling their product yeah. as he and I were actually camping on this trip. So the story is my son and I went to uh, 20 states, 49 campgrounds from North Carolina to BC. And it was a phenomenal trip. However, during this trip is when black folks camp too, as a company, became very evident to me that it needed to be done. Uh, my son and I traveled uh, in this cool pop-up camper mm -hmm. behind this cool truck. We had stayed at some of the most uh, amazing campgrounds. Uh, some were private, a lot were public. And through that, we had gotten from North Carolina to New Mexico by way of Wisconsin, by way of uh, Minnesota, by way of Chicago, by way of uh, Wyoming, by way of, of Colorado, and we make ourselves all the way down to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah. And by the time we got to Albuquerque, while we were driving and getting to Albuquerque, New Mexico, we had, not, we had not seen any other black folks at all, right, in regards to camping. None. Working at campgrounds, camping, or anything. And I found it to be pretty odd 
um, in the campgrounds, although I had seen that before. So when we got to Albuquerque, New Mexico, it was our first time seeing this black family. Mm-hmm. And they were driving, and, and they were total different families because we were in a pop-up, and they were in a big RV bus. <laughs> and when we saw them, it was one of those, whoo, like, wow. My son said, Dad, it's a black folks. And we had never seen that. We hadn't seen that out there. And it was one of those deals where we embraced one another yeah. as a family. Yeah. And they got off their bus. And I remember having a conversation. It was probably two or three hours having this conversation with this family. I was sharing with her that I was one of the only black executives in the RV industry. And she encouraged me. She said, um, well, you may want to change that, man. You may want to try to change that. And so for the last year and a half uh, of that, after that trip, my focus was on how do I start a company to help change what I've seen in the campgrounds? Not only what I've seen in regards to my own experience, but also what the experience that other folks may have seen. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also in the industry, not just the lifestyle. And that became the journey of Black Folks Camp 2. Yeah, I think I saw a picture somewhere online online of that bus. It, it was impressive. And uh, so it's it's cool. Like sometimes people just show up in your life that are just unexpected. And it seems like those people um, kind of gave you a little bit of a nudge, a little bit of words of wisdom that yeah. sets you on this path. I, I'm really curious like for both you and your son, like what did that feel like to sort of have that realization that, you know, as you were traveling around, these were the only black folks that you saw the, this entire time? Well, you know, it's funny, you know, I, I always tell folks I'm a good times kid living a huxtable lifestyle, you know, in regards to sitcoms. And, and yeah. if you're if you're my age, which is 46, you you'll kind of understand what that means. Um, you know, I grew up in an area where I went to all black high schools, all black elementary schools, all black middle schools. I lived in all black neighborhood and all those things in Columbia, South Carolina. The thing is, I end up going to all the colleges that I went to either were um, uh Colleges that had uh, 50-50 or colleges that had 90-10, which were uh, 10% black folks and 10% minority. Uh, I'm a proud graduate of Georgia Military College and a proud graduate of Appalachian State University. And at both of those universities, the the disparity or the disproportionate of uh, folks that look like me were there. So I I understood the assignment in regards to um, having conversation with different race of folks, different genders, different ages. But what, what struck me so odd about the about camping was, is that camping is such a family atmosphere. You know, yeah. camping is um, amazing. Um, it, it reminds me of tailgating. And to, yeah. to not to see more folks that look like myself in that particular space, I thought it was very odd because I know black folks to be folks that love the outdoors in regards to cooking out, having grill outs, barbecues, and things of that nature. And I found it to be odd that I didn't see anyone that looked like myself uh, in these campgrounds. And then when I started to take my family to more and more and more campgrounds, even after that, there still was a, a situation where uh, we were the only black family in a campground that had 1,300 campsites. Yeah. Right. And 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 again, all of that went into my my, my heart and how do we improve that? How do we change that? But before you can do that, we have to get to the toenail of the elephant. We have to understand why folks like myself have not been in the outdoors, why we haven't trailed, why we haven't RV, why we haven't uh, been in the these campgrounds and uh, in the majority of these campgrounds, or why folks always say, well, uh, I was the only black person in that campground. This story that I'm telling you is that a lot of black folks have actually had the story of them yeah. being sort of the only one. 
Yeah. So I want to, I definitely want to get into why before we do that really quickly though, you talked about like your heart, you, you, you felt this in your heart. Can you talk about like, what, what was that feeling in your heart? Well, one of the greatest things I always tell folks is, is that, um, I always believe we're better together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, our company was started to get more black folks in the outdoors, but our company really was, was created to unite folks in the outdoors, unite America in a way. Um, you know, I believe that, you know, the outdoor industry and outdoor lifestyle actually one of the most segregated spaces in the world, probably more segregated than uh, churches, barbershops, beauty salons and funeral homes, to be frank with you. Yes. And I believe if we're going to uh, cure uh, this, uh, quote unquote, race relation um, issue that we have, particularly in America, what I feel, I believe that we can do it around the campfire and do it in the outdoors. I believe that. Um, if, if, if we get more folks to be invited and welcome into a space, uh, particularly in the outdoors around that campfire, again, we're going to have uh, more conversations. We're going to find out we have more sames and differences. So, Because at the end of the day, we all are human. We all, we all have issues. We know the history. Uh, as a company, as a group, we spend 20% of our time on the reason why Black folks hadn't been in the outdoors. And we spend 80% of our time on how we're going to find solutions for that to happen so that we all Black folks, white folks, Asian folks, Hispanic folks, Native American folks, Indian folks, all the folks who make up the base here in the United States or around the world that um, we'll sit around. We have some amazing conversation. I'm, I'm I just believe that. I believe that it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen because we're going to make it happen if nobody else makes it happen. It's on, Earl. It's on. I love it. And uh, you talked about this was great. You said you spend 20 percent of your time thinking about why and 80 percent of your time uh, coming up with solutions. Right on, because, you know, that's what businesses do. We're a business. Right. Yeah. We're not a charity. Mm -hmm. We're not a five. We're, we're not that we are a bona fide business. And I like being a business because at the end of the day, if we're not successful as a business. We feel like we fail the folks of what we're actually wanting to do and what we're doing, which is unifying the outdoors. I, I'm not a kumbaya guy. Like I don't need folks to pat me on the back and tell me we're doing a great job. I need folks to get in the boat and start rowing with us in, in, in regards to what we're trying to, what we're going to get done here, which is unifying the outdoors. Which I believe also when we unify the outdoors, I think we bring more unity in the world. Period. Yeah. So we gotta we gotta understand why in order to figure out the solutions. And you've thought about this a lot. Can you can yep. you take us down the path of the why? So I believe you know we talk about the whys. We have to start at the toenail of the elephant, right? Before I can actually encourage more black folks, more folks that look like myself to enjoy the outdoors, before I can uh, to to share the knowledge with the 95% of the folks who enjoy the outdoors now, with particular white folks, why black folks hadn't been in the outdoors, we had to get some data, right? I knew the reason why I didn't go in the outdoors. I know the reason why I didn't go camping, right? It wasn't because I lived in an urban area. Nope, that's not what it is. It's not because we didn't have any money, which we didn't. That's not what it was. It was because my great-grandmother told my grandmother, told my mother, told me, don't go in the woods. Mm. You don't belong in those woods, mm. right? And the reason why they would share that with us, we don't belong in the woods, because if you think about my great-grandmother and what she had seen in the outdoors, what she what she had seen in the woods, some uh, or what she had seen that her great-grandparents had gone through, maybe some lynchings and maybe some crosses being burned, or maybe the the symbols in the outdoor wasn't for her. Um, those things pass down from generation to generation to generation to generation. And that fear is evident. 
That yeah. fear is stuck within, quote unquote, much of the black community. Yeah. And so the second reason is because it when you don't when you have fear, you not enjoy enjoy something because of within your culture, you have no knowledge, right? There's not a lot of knowledge. You know what we found is is that the majority of black folks have no clue what a trailhead is, right, or what a uh, a blaze is on a tree, or what poison ivy is, right? Or how to buy an RV? What a what what an RV looks like, or, or what it looks like in the inside, or what it? How do you you pitch a tent? How do you make a fire, right? These things escape our culture in a lot of spaces, and it's because of that fear. And the third thing is what we really harped on is that the industry itself, which is a, a 880 billion dollar industry, and I was a part of the industry more so on the RV side of the industry, and being one of the only black executives in a $114 billion industry, I also found that the industry really never invited us. They never really, they never really said, hey, black folks, we want your money. We, we want, or we want you to come enjoy this space. And I think a lot of it is because we had not been in that space. And I think that the industry thought they probably would be pandering in that particular space. And the other thing is, it's because they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to reach groups that look like myself mainly because they've never done it before and they didn't understand the reasons why we hadn't been in the outdoors and that why is very very important and i always share this with folks you know there's some there's some strategic reasons you know national and state parks were segregated up into 63 64 mm -hmm. right right so when folks say you know black folks you could have gone well not necessarily right that's not true at all um, the second thing is, is that I always tell folks, black folks are arguably the most athletic people in the world, yet we don't do anything athletic in the outdoor. We don't do any trail running, any mountain biking, kayaking, canoeing, right? And I will be naive, you will be naive, and your listeners will be naive if I said that all black folks thought this way, because they don't. Yeah. Because our company clearly says black folks camp too, and two means also and as well. So our job was to get data. And we have we had a very strategic way to get that data. You know, we took out over close to 400 people last year. We didn't take them out because we wanted to because we're a group or a club. We took them out to get data and we took folks RVing. We took them backpacking. We took them kayaking, canoeing. We took them uh, mountain biking, everything within the outdoors so we can get data and then get folks around that campfire and start having conversation. And everything that we thought about why many black folks hadn't been in the outdoors, we heard it around that campfire. Yeah. So Earl, I, I mean, the gravity of this is just, it's, it's huge. You know, I heard you talk about the fear. I heard you talk about the knowledge and then the invitation. I want to go back to fear because I, I, that it was just really, really impactful. And it, and it hit me really hard when you said it. And I'm just, I, I just want to know your thoughts on like, the awareness piece of that like do you feel like that that awareness plays a factor the awareness of the fear plays a factor into all of this well there's two things you know you, you think about you think about trauma and it's been passed down for years mm -hmm. after year after year after year a lot of folks don't like to talk about that they don't yeah. think that that there's no way they can have that type of trauma there's right. no way that black folks can still be thinking about that what happened in not so long ago right but it is, it's there. And, and because it's there, because when you've had that generation of fear, that generation of trauma for so long, and you have never really broken it, it's never really 
has never been broken at all. You'll always have that, right? And so I think the other thing is what's very important about this this data that we have is that the the 95% of the lifestyles who are out in the outdoors now, which are predominantly white folks, they didn't know most white folks don't don't even don't know why black folks hadn't been in the outdoors at all. It, it, we I've heard the spectrum for we they didn't black folks don't have any money. We live in an urban area. We don't have any access. Uh, a lot of those things we've debunked as a as a company. Um, you know, black folks, particularly, we always say that we're scared of bugs in the outdoors, right? And I tell folks all the time, you know, that's one of the biggest excuses that we have. Uh, I'm not saying that's not true, but that's not the reason why we don't go in the outdoors. And yeah. here's why I know that to be true, because I have a nice big deck in my back my backyard and I have a grill on it. And when I invite my friends over who look like me, we go out there in that deck and we enjoy it. And the bugs are all around there, right? <laughs> well, the same bugs that are on my deck are the same bugs in Pisgah Forest or the same bugs in the woods. Yeah. So that's not necessarily the case. However, when I speak to them and before I got into this industry and I asked them, why don't you want to go into the outdoors and kick it? Why do you don't want to go camping? And the story is always, my mama told me don't go in the woods. Mm. And the folks that they're scared of are the folks that look like yourself. It's sad when you hear it. However, I don't like to harp on the sadness. I like to, I like, what we do as a company try to find a way to cure that. And we have ways to cure that. We believe that we have to have an invitation piece to that in a way that is uh, strategic. Um, one of the things I've done while I've been on this trail, uh, particularly um, literally on the trail and on the speaking trail, um, I gather a lot of data. And when I'm on the trail, I always wear our Black Folks Camp 2 gear. And so there's always questions around it every time I see folks, particularly folks that don't look like me. They always ask me, "That's a they always say, that's a pretty cool company. What do you guys do? And I start telling them what we do. And then I ask folks, do you know, do you think you know the reason why Black Folks hadn't been in the outdoors, why you hadn't seen us around the campfire? And most folks, particularly the current lifestyle, always says, no, tell me. And then when I tell them, I can see it in their face. It's one of those sad feelings of like, I can't believe this. And I want to change this. Mm. And asking me, how do we change it? And I give them a very simple, simple way to change it. I do this in keynotes all the time. And I always tell folks, the way we change this is very simple. The folks who love the outdoors the most, go find some folks that don't look like you and invite them backpacking, invite them hiking, invite them to go RVing, invite them to go do all the things we love to do in the outdoors. Take a nature bath. Invite me to go, invite them to go hug on a tree. Invite them to do the very same things that make you and your family happy now that you know the reason why the majority of us have not enjoyed the outdoors. I don't twist arms. Our company, our staff, we don't twist arms. We twist hearts. <laughs> and that's the ticket for us. I love, I love that so much. You know, Earl, we're not sitting face to face. We're here looking at each other on a camera and we're talking on this podcast. And a lot of people that listen aren't going to be able to see our faces. But I'm guessing that when you told that story about why people are afraid to go in the woods, you saw it on my face. I did. I did. And, you know, because here's the thing. When I talk about education, it's yeah. not just about educating black folks about the outdoors. Yeah. It's educating the current lifestyle of why we haven't been there. Because, yeah. listen, as a, in a business, you cannot be successful in any business, any sport, 
any any family or anything unless you understand the why. Once you understand the why, you then can attack it in a way that uh, that is beneficial to get to the reason why those things shouldn't be there. Right. You get to the answers. You get to the solutions. You can't get to the solution unless you understand the why. You can't go to the doctor and tell the doctor you have a headache. And then the doctor says, starts working on your feet, starts examining your feet. Uh, that's not the way things happen. So, but if the if the doctor knew why you were coming because you had a head you, because your 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 feet were hurting, hurting, not your head, then they understand. Yeah. The analysis that I use all the time is that education is the key. You cannot argue with education, and I know that the industry needs to be educated. I know that lifestylers current lifestyles need to be educated. And I know that folks that are not in their lifestyle need to be educated about why these things are, are here. Because at the end of the day, we all pay for 640 million acres of public land. Yeah. And we all should be using those public lands. But when, when, when there are groups out there that have no clue or fearful or scared to enjoy those public lands, it would seem to me that the folks who do enjoy those public lands should know why we haven't joined those public lands and then invite us to enjoy the public lands in a way that is uh, sincere, meaningful, measured, so they can be sustainable. Yeah. So Earl, so I'm hearing fear is the why, and then you talked about knowledge and in invitation. It seems like those are part of the solution uh, and that's the 80%. Can we get into the 80%? Absolutely. So I always talk about, you know, knowledge, you know, we as a company, we created our uh, amazing programs, you know, in a lot of spaces, DEI means uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Our DEI means digital education initiative. We created a lot of uh, digital education to share with folks uh, the simple thing. What's poison ivy, right? What do you do when you see a bear? How do you get on a trailhead? What is a trailblaze? What is an RV? How do you buy RVs? When do you buy RVs? RV folks? Invite black folks to, to RV shows. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, this is a this is a great point in in regards to that. So I've been in, I've been in the RV industry uh, for quite some time, and a lot of times I'm the only black person at these RV shows, uh, and I get the question all the time, Earl, why won't black folks come to RV shows? And I ask a simple question: uh, Did you invite us? <laughs> uh, did you did, did you advertise on certain yeah. radio stations that we listen yeah. to? Did you advertise on uh, television stations that we watch? Uh, and the answer is always no, right? And so when you when you have that answer and you haven't invited a certain group of folks into the space, we're not coming. Well, the industry itself and a lot of folks, um, I get the I get the answer of you know we invite everyone. Well, you have to have co every other business, every other uh, uh, organization, or every other sector of the world. They find ways to have culturally relevant content. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at automobile commercials, they have black folks driving these automobiles, right? And, um, and, and, and driving automobiles is one thing, but going into camping and in the woods and understanding the history of that is something that the industry right now that I'm working with them yep. to actually share that knowledge with the, with the industry, with the salespeople, with the people on the floor, the people who are going to interact with folks. So that they know the reasons why we've been able, to, we, we haven't been in these spaces. And so knowledge is power, right? And the second thing in that space, when I talk about our DEI, I'm very adamant 
very, very adamant about making sure that we build our companies seem to be very inclusive. We don't care what your race, your age, or your gender is. We want you to be around our campfire. As a matter of fact, the more folks that we can actually mix into this particular space, mm -hmm. we believe the conversations are going to be a lot better. We believe that we're going to find out, again, we have more same than differences. We believe that we're going to find better ways to serve one another. And we believe, and more than that, we believe that um, our children, children, children are going to have an extraordinary time together in the outdoors, which I tell folks all the time. I wish that we've done a, such an amazing job at Black Post Camp 2 that, that we were put out of business, that we were no longer needed, right? Because then that will be the measurable of what we've been able to do within this space. Earl, I, I just, I love the message so much. I think that you've, you've educated me, you've given me a lot of information. And I, I knew like from the moment I, I was telling you when we first got started before we hit the record button, that when I first started this podcast, your Instagram feed started showing up on mine. And I just kept like, we, you, we hadn't met before. And I just right. kept seeing these posts and there was just something about this unity message that just kept popping up in front of my face that just so deeply resonated with me. And, uh, you know, I just kept clicking on them and clicking on them. And then I read your story and I heard that, you know, some of this was inspired on a camping trip with your son. And, uh, and I mentioned to you that, that this whole podcast for me was inspired when I was laying in a tent next to my daughter and we were just dreaming about, about getting people outside. And, and to us, I think we were just thinking to ourselves like, boy, people that aren't out here enjoying the outdoors and the peace that he, that it offers, they're really missing out. I get really emotional about this because um, I'm 46 years old. I've I've done just about everything in my life. I've had nice cars, homes, and all of this. Um, I'm, I'm educated. My children are educated. My wife, you know, for the most part, we have issues just like everyone else. Mm -hmm. However, uh, my passion and um, my life is built around removing fear, adding knowledge and inviting more black folks to camp and enjoy the outdoor lifestyle with any and everyone. And, I, and I've said this to several folks in the last two years because our company is only two years old. Uh, I've said this to a lot of folks. I could be doing anything in the world. I've been an executive in a lot of different businesses. I could be doing anything in the world, but this is my passion. And when I die, I, the only thing I want folks to know about me in regards to that quote unquote obituary is that I help remove fear, added knowledge, and invite more black folks to camp and enjoy the outdoor lifestyle with any and everyone, no matter your race, age, or your gender. We wanted to create unity, unity around the campfire. That's it. And so uh, I don't have any other mission. This is my passion. Um, and, and I think one of the things that, that folks of, uh, we all are looking for that passion work, right? That we, got, we get passion work that we also can make a living. And this is it for me. This is all I know at the moment. Um, this is all I, I believe in. And uh, in regards to how we're going to cure, cure a lot of things here in our country. Um, and again, I don't, I don't deal in politics in this space. Um, I don't care what your religion is. It doesn't matter. I just want you around that campfire so we can start having some conversation. Yeah. Earl, it, it, it's awesome. And, and this, just this idea of, of removing the fear, 
I mean, to me, what you're doing is you're bringing awareness to it. And in the awareness, it's like you're shining a light on it. And when you shine a light on it, then it dissolves. Is that, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, light always um, it dampens darkness, right? And so what happens is that when folks don't know the reason why a certain group of folks don't do something, they will assume. And you know what assuming means, right? right? And so I have to make sure that uh, I had to make sure I wasn't assuming these things. So that's why we, you know, we spent a ton of money over almost a quarter million dollars last year just getting data yeah. and, uh, getting getting this wholesome data, right? This grassroots data. Uh, the reason why we're in the situation we're in. Well, as a person who likes to drive the business, who build businesses, you know, I can't focus on the reason why we're not out there. We have to focus on the reason how to get us there. So this would be a mute point. So that again, let your daughter uh, grow up not having to even uh, understand why we haven't been in the outdoors because we'll be there more than anything. Um, but the other thing is too, is that, Sometimes folks, you know, when they think about this type of work, they 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 tend to think that folks in my space are looking for some type of handout or some type of feel sorry for me. I'm not asking anyone to feel sorry for me at all, or I'm not asking you to feel sorry for black folks at all. What I'm asking you to do is is to find somebody somebody that look like me and introduce them to the outdoors. Yeah. And if, if 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 that's something that you don't want to do, let that be that. If that's something you don't know how to do, we got that covered here coming soon too. And but if it's something that you want to do, because you know that the outdoors, when you say it's for all of us, when you know that the outdoors, there's folks out there who have not experienced the outdoors because of this generational fear and, and trauma, lack of knowledge, and lack of invitation, we should always want to to invite folks, particularly to enjoy what they already pay for, which is six hundred and forty million acres of public land. Earl, so th there's there's two things that sort of came to me in my mind as I as I'm listening to you speak cuz I'm I'm one that like I like solutions as well and I'm and and so the the two things that popped in my mind is this message that all people are safe in the woods and all people are welcome in the woods. Right. But it came with a caveat as I was thinking about it, because uh, we had another guest, Andrew Underwood, that was on here, and um, he serves ministries all around the world, and, and he's uh, helping to introduce people all over the world to, to the outdoors and wilderness skills. And uh, his, his voice popped in my head because he talked about how, hey, look, you know, the woods aren't safe because there's bears and there's right. bugs and there's all kinds of uh, poison ivy and there's things that don't discriminate. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we have to learn, you know, as people, what, what the rules are. Right. But as people, we all need to feel safe and we all need to feel welcome in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think um, I get this question a lot, particularly with black folks. Well, Earl, you know, because of the reason why they don't go in the outdoors, Earl, how, how, how are you going to, how are you going to keep me safe? And I tell them all the time, I can't keep you safe. Right. You know, I can't, I, I, even if I was with you, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days, I may not be able to keep you safe. I may not even keep myself safe from someone or something. However, what I will tell you is this. I've been in the outdoor industry. I've been in an outdoor lifestyle, and I've had some of the most extraordinary times in my life in the outdoors. I hadn't had any issues at all. That's not to say that other folks hadn't had issues, but I hadn't had any at all. I'm a pretty optimistic individual. I'm a little bit different from folks. I tend to to gravitate to people. I tend to talk to people. I tend to do these things. I tend to break down barriers before they even get started. And I know other folks haven't 
or can't do that. And I have a lot of empathy for them, right? I have a lot of empathy for them. However, I'm still encouraging these folks to get out, to, to know before you go, right? To get yourself excited about going and get yourself in a position to be educated on where you're going. Yeah. You don't have to go climb a 14er. You don't have to go rock climbing. You don't have to hang off a cliff. You don't have to go climb the biggest mountain in the world to enjoy the outdoors. However, if we all are enjoying the outdoors together, I believe that the experience in the outdoors will be extremely uh, magnificent, to be frank with you. I think there are a group of folks out there who really can reach across the reach across the aisle and invite folks that have no clue what the outdoors looks like. Um, they're, they're, they're folks that always come to me, and I get this a lot. So why does it say black folks camp too then? And you're talking about everyone. Well, because we're appealing to the very same folks that have never really been in the outdoors. Right. Right. And by the way, what we've learned through this starting our company is that there are a lot of folks in America that can't read. Right. They don't really know what the word two means. Yeah. I sometimes I think they think the two in our logo means only or by ourselves. Mm. Mm. Well, two means also and as well. That means we and, and even in black folks, you know, we I, we come across in this space of we have many black folks say, well, I already camp. And I always I say, good. It says black folks camp, too. So I know we camp. I know we will camp. We are camping and we have camp. Our job is to get more yeah. black folks to camp. Yeah. And if that's the, and if anyone has an issue with that, well, they have an issue with themselves. Right. And so we are a, um, a very strategic company. Uh, and we're all about unity. That campfire on our logo is what brings us together. It's the unity blaze. And it means treat everyone, everywhere, equally. This is the unity blaze, and it's one of the most, going to be one of the most iconic symbols in the world. I believe that. Because the campfire is the oldest form of light. It's the oldest form of heat. It is the oldest form of gathering and ways to cook. Before electricity, the campfire was the DNA that kept us all together. I rarely see people in the summertime hovered around a block of ice to get <laughs> cooler. Yeah. But I always see folks hovering around fires to get warmer. Yeah. Right? And so the campfire is where it is. We, we, we don't take our eyes off the campfire. It's in the center of our logo for a reason, right? And this particular campfire, which is the Unity Blaze, is the fire that, 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 that is the gathering post for us all. Treat everyone everywhere equally. I, I mean, that, that says it all. In, in, in your organization, Black Folks Camp 2, can you share some of the things that you guys are doing currently um, as initiatives to push forward this message? Well, we work with uh, a lot of state agencies to help create, again, those digital educational initiatives. Mm -hmm. We also are working with folks to share with them to say, look, you purchase the Unity Blaze, the Unity Blaze sticker and badge, and you put that on, the package, put that on. So when you're in the outdoors, folks automatically know that you're signaling them to treat everyone everywhere equally. And the other thing is that we're doing is awareness. We have to let folks know. We have to give them the, the real like I don't sugarcoat anything and I'm sorry if if what I'm saying particularly why black folks had been in the outdoor it may hurt folks feelings or it may put folks in a position where they feel sad or bad that's not my problem 
because and the reason why it's not my problem because I didn't create that. My job is to to find the solutions for that, right? And so I don't blame anyone. What I do is again, we we're in this together. We got to figure this out, and we believe that we figured it out with the Unity Blaze. We believe that uh, we we have a couple of different projects that are happening. We partner with Leave No Trace, uh, which is the um, the Center for Education, Outdoor Education. We have an amazing campus project. You can find that out on our website at blackfolkscamp2.com. If you go to blackfolkscamp2.com, you'll see a tab that says BFCT uh, plus Leave No Trace. It talks about our scholarship program that we have with HBCUs, which are historically black college and universities to help those particular students understand that this industry is waiting on them to take the plunge and come and work in this industry. Uh, we also are educating folks about the outdoors with that campus project. Um, but more than anything is we're sharing this, this data and these conversations with the industry. Uh, so the industry can be prepared to have these conversations to move the needle off center in what they're doing. Um, the, the, the greatest thing for me as the founding president of Black Folks Camp 2 is to make sure that our messaging doesn't change. It does not change ever. We will always remove fear, add knowledge, and invite more black folks to camp and enjoy the outdoor lifestyle with any and everyone. Your race, your age, your gender does not matter. We don't care where you come from or where you're going. We're going to treat you equally, just like everybody else. If you want us to treat you better than someone else, we're not doing that. We're not doing that because at the end of the day, we believe that this campfire is going to galvanize us. And we believe that we, if we continue to go down this road of talking about inclusion rather than exclusion, we're going to be better off. Earl, I'm sitting here wondering if uh, if the inclusion includes me and my family, because my family wants to go camping with your family. Well, sir, <laughs> when you when you turn that mirror around to yourself, it says any and everyone. Of course, you can go. As Let's a matter of fact, it. we have a um, we have an amazing um, film, a short film um, that is a part of our DEI and it's on YouTube. Uh, it is called Night of Unity. It is probably one of the most extraordinary short, short films, about eight minutes long that you probably can watch. It is. Um, I will tell folks when you when you click on the on the on the movie, on the on the short film. And you when you see the Grammy Award winning artist playing the keyboard and singing, I will tell you to get your emotions in check yeah. because he's going to take you to a place where you probably have never been and your heart is going to be twisted in a way. That it probably never has been. Yeah. And so, of course, your family can go camping. I look forward to it as well. Earl, I've seen the video. It's fantastic. We'll make sure that we put it in the show notes. And oh, by the way, you might do a little bit of singing in that video too. And boy, you've got some pipes. Well, you know, I tell <laughs> folks all the time, you know, um, when I when we launched Black Folks Camp 2, I launched it on the stage of the Outdoor Economy Conference. And um, it was in 2019, October 10th, 2019. And when I was on the stage, I introduced our company on the stage. And the way I introduced our company is, um, I was born by the river in a little tent. Oh, just like the river I've been running in. 
ever since. It's been a long, long, long time coming. And I know, and I know, change gone come. Yeah, 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 yeah. That change, that change that I was speaking of was, was to remove fear. Yeah. Add knowledge and invite more folks to look like myself to enjoy the outdoor lifestyle with any and everyone. Your race, your age, your gender, it doesn't matter. We want to get folks around that campfire. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm on board. Thank you. And I think that uh, as far as awareness goes, the folks that are listening today, I think they've already helped just simply by listening and becoming Absolutely. aware of the message. Earl, is there anything else that you want to recommend for people listening today on how they can help your cause? Absolutely. Number one, um, go to blackfolkscamp2.com. We want you to thumb around through our website, look around our website, check it out. What you're going to find is that um, we are uh, an extraordinary company. We might be one of the most delightful companies in the world. Um, you know, everybody says you feed off your leader. And I tell folks I've never had a bad day in my life. I've had some bad moments, but I don't have any bad days. Um, we, we all have issues. We all have moments. The second thing is we... We would love for you to go on our site and purchase a Unity Blades. Get your sticker, get your patch. Stick that thing on your car, stick it on your RV. Signal to the world that you treat everyone everywhere equally, right? And lastly, this is probably the most important, most important of it all. In 2022, we ask your listeners to go find somebody that don't look like them and then befriend them and invite them and to enjoy the outdoors. You don't have to take folks on amazing camping trips. You don't have to take them on this RV, on a big RV trip if that's not what you wanna do, but you can't introduce folks to the outdoors knowing there's a lot of fear, lack of knowledge, and lack of invitation. And if we all did that, if we all did that, I believe that the outdoors would be more inclusive, more inclusive than people think. There'll be more diversity out there all the time. Don't just, Wait on Earl to invite more black folks. The folks that are listening to this podcast, we I, I would encourage you to do the same, right? But now that you know some of the reasons why we haven't been out there, it should be easier for you to do that. I love it. I love the love the message, and I'm all I'm all in. I'm all in. And so, right uh, listen, we have uh, two two last quick little qu questions that I've asked everybody that's been on this podcast because you're doing incredible work. And a day is going to come when Hollywood's going to make a movie about your life. And I want to know who the actor's going to be that's going to play you in that movie. Well, you know, it's funny. One of my, one of my favorite actor, uh, actors is uh, Denzel Washington. That's my guy. Nice. I like him because he can play so many different roles uh, in that space. But I'm also a funny man, though. So, um, I think that Kevin Hart would be a better, better, better person for me. Okay, Kevin right? Hart. <laughs> okay, I think Kevin, Kevin Hart would be that guy. Yeah. So, what's the name of your movie going to be? Of course, Black Folks Camp Two. Black Folks Camp Two, starring <laughs> Kevin Hart. I love it. I'm going to go see that movie. Black Folks yeah. Camp Two. I think it'd be funny. I think it'd be. I think it'd be informative. I think that people will get a uh, get a chuckle out of it. But I think after people leave the movie theater, of course, I want to write it. I think folks will, you know, I love being a producer. I think folks will leave the movie theater or leave their couch and say, you know what? 
I'm going to go out and help this man and help these folks change the world. That's what I believe. I'm in. Right on. I'm in, Earl. I, I really appreciate you being here today. And for those listening, boy, I hope you've been inspired today as much as I have. I hope that Earl's story has encouraged you to listen to that voice inside that calls you to adventure because we want to hear your story next. If you have a story to tell or you need a nudge to create one, please send me an email. And until next time, I want to encourage you to get outside. Thank you so much for listening. And Earl, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, sir.